Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, chocolate milk, check. Oh, I left that out too long. That's gone a bit warm. Uh, Chris is here. Chris, can you say check? Are you there? Check. One, two. Hello. Perfect. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the low down on the low end. Oh, that sounded really wrong doing it in that rhythm. Bloody hell. Uh, my name's Johnny, a totally average bass player. And each week I'm joined by a different co-host to talk all about that bass. This week I'm joined for the first time, for the first time, it's a full-time returning guest. Friend, and now uh, full-time bass mercenary, or session, session player, uh, it is Chris. Chris Horrocks. He's got rocks in his name. Hell, that's... Uh, I do! Chris, I do. I do. Uh, you're the first person to ever say that to me. Really? I, uh, wow. I'm go- yeah, I'm going to be rolling with that. I co- I came up with that now. So um, can you just change your name me. to Chris Rocks? Oh no, wait, Chris Rocks. Chris Rocks. No, you might, no, that might be a bit of an SEO nightmare. One of one of my lecturers at uni was called. Um, oh no, I forgot his name. His surname was Rock. I think he was called Dan Rock, and he was a doctor as well. Nice. So he insisted when he came in, he was like, hello, everyone, I'm Dr. Rock. Oh, Dr. Rockter. Nice. Dr. Rock. Oh. Nice. Rock to doctor. That's incredible. I bet I bet The Rock, Dwayne The Rock, goes <laughs> goes by Dr. Rock. I could see that. It's doc, Do Dr. Rock is here. He's got, a, he's got an honorary degree in um, smelling what The Rock is cooking. <laughs> he's got a honorary degree uh, from the Turtleneck Association. Uh, in... <laughs> and the bum bag. Yeah. <laughs> He's a big bum bag boy. <laughs> wow. That should be his. That should be his Twitter handle at big bum bag boy. <laughs> um, oh no! Speaking of two big bum bag uh, bass boys, uh, joined by Chris again this week. Um, Chris, normally you know, normally when we have a guest on here, we ask three questions to get to know them. But we've already done that before because you've been on here before. I think you were like, are you like the second? No, not the, Danny was the first. You you were in like the first ten yeah, podcasts. Had, I think you had Danny on Higgins. Yeah. Oh, never um, again. Oh God. Ugh. Never trust a man from the Midlands. Um, anywho, I'm joking, um, Danny. I, I, I trust you'll be listening. You'll hear this yeah, as well, won't we? Yeah. We love you, really. We love you. The whole community loves you. We do. We do. Um, we really do. Mr. Octave Pedal. <laughs> Dr. Octave. Oh! Dr. Octave. Nice. Doc, Dr. Octopus. No, that didn't work. No. He's uh, Danny. Doc- he's stuck on Trent's answer to Tony Levin, and we love him for it. Absolutely. Stoke on Levin. Beautiful. Um, but Chris, since since you've been on here, you've had lot, lots of change, man. Um, because you've gone full time. He's a, f- a half full. He's living the dream, you know, full time slapper now. Um, slapping the bass, of course. That's what I mean. Um, so 
I guess we'll just use this little intro bit here just to just to catch up. How has that been, and what was your journey and decision, you know, for that to happen? Oh man, um, so much has happened. Because I think I think I looked on my um, Facebook memories or something, and I think we did this episode, the first one, about a year ago, yeah. give or take. Isn't that wild? Roughly something That's like that. Crazy. Um, yeah. So. Um, I think when we last spoke, I was in Dead Romantic. I'm not in Dead Romantic anymore. Um, and then I I started, well, restarted doing some stuff with my friend Kerry. Um, it's called Kerry Feeney. She's kind of like, um, I call her Warrington's answer to Taylor Swift. That's what I call her. Um, like solo pop rock stuff. And uh, she's lovely. Uh, do some cover stuff with her and then do, do, do her own music, just playing like around Liverpool and stuff. But it was, it was, it's really enjoyable for me to go back to that kind of playing, like kind of like more of a pop thing mm. as opposed to a metal thing. Yeah. Because there was so much more room for me as a as a as a bass player yeah. to sort of learn some new things. Like I was getting more into like that kind of um like the octave stuff that everyone is doing now. Like yeah. um octaves are back big time yeah and bass now, it's, it's not really been something that i've as a rock player had been that interested in ever um but to get that yeah, kind of synthy sound you know it's just like oh it, it's oh it's yeah incredible. absolutely i mean the first song i needed to learn um for kerry was a track called audacious which um i'd recommend you take a look at on spotify and wherever you uh consume music um because it opens up with like a dirty synth bass and we don't play tracks or anything live. You know, we just do it as a, as essentially a free piece. It is a four piece, but it's one guitarist, one bassist, the drummer, and then Kerry mm. singing. With a bit of backing vocals in there. But anyway, um, so I needed to recreate that intro synth. And it's that, it's that proper like fuzz chorus, OC2, loads of gain. But you need to have loads of low end. Yeah. So, um, that was really enjoyable for me. And then about three or four months ago, um, I just took it full time and I do um I do guitar teching. So I did some guitar teching for a band called Really catchy name. Cut that part. Catchy name, that. Yeah, you can cut that part out. I stumbled there. I'm not cutting So that I did out. some teching you know, I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> so I did uh, some teching for a band called As Everything Unfolds. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A bit of a UK. Yeah, you'll be familiar with them. Yeah. Very good. Um, they did. Um, I jumped on tour with them, opening for a band called Trash Boat for about a week or two. Nice. Um, and then they were very. I was very grateful to be invited back when they played Download this year. So I did some teching for that. I did some teching at Slam Dunk uh, for a band called In Her Own Words, which um, kind of like a pop punk kind of thing from America. Never met those guys before, but you know, through like a mutual friend of a friend, they were like. Do you want to do this? I was like, yes, I do. So doing that. And then recently I've kind of really got into the like session guy work. So I'm doing um so I'm doing functions and weddings uh, most of the time. Um and then alongside that I do like some like blues power trio stuff with a guy I know called Tom Byron back in Wigan, which is really great. I basically pretend to be um Pino for um a couple of hours a week which is really good fun for me um and then i do some sort of like show tune bands who kind of like do your sort of like nice hotels corporate events um 
holiday parks. Yeah. I'm also I'm also in a combusted tribute band, which uh, I've fallen into, which is really good fun. Nice. Um, as a child of the late nineties, mm-hmm. moving into um, hey, the teens. My my first ever CD that I bought was uh, "Present for Everyone" by Busted. And it's a great album. Hell yeah! I don't think it's it's not on trend to diss Busted and McFly. They were always good. Yeah, we just uh, we just never accepted it. But yeah, so I do that. Um, that's kind of like you know your, I mean, kind of like your your Butlins and your Havens and your holiday parks and stuff like that. But that's really good because we ended like um, you end up playing with some like pretty big people on some pretty big stages to some pretty big crowds. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, uh, last week I was yeah. talking. Um, uh, was, was talking to matt about um you know doing doing covers bands now and tribute bands and then like just being like oh my god I get, i'm being paid to be here and play in front of all these people this is insanity yeah. <laughs> and it's good songs as well yeah. i didn't have to write them yeah they're all really good yeah <laughs> but i know and i'm i hate to admit it because you have got me live on air admitting to this i'm halfway through that episode and i haven't got to the, to the debate bit I know, I know I can see you shaking your head well, sp- for the viewers I'll at home. I'll spoil it right now, shall I? Uh, we, we fall out yeah, at the me. end. Uh, Matt Understood. throws his computer across the world and he s- snaps his bass on, on, on screen. So. All six strings of it. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> it took ages. I've got to be honest, that I, I needed to take a minute. When he said six strings, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what? Can barely handle, well, you mentioned can barely the, handle four. Exactly. Oh, the, fir- the first question on that previous episode when you were talking about how many strings do you need um I, I was answering the question in my head going two easy, <laughs> two maybe one and then and then it came up like oh i really would need five and i really need six and i'm like he's cl- he's clearly smarter than me clearly <laughs> i'm but a simple man he knows what he's making doing my way through the universe yeah, yeah exactly knows what he's doing chords on a bass what blasphemy um, can't do that don't be silly how dare you expand the uh how dare you grow as a musician shame on you <laughs> if it ain't broke don't fix it you only need that one string um, exactly you only need a di mate it's fine that's, that's all the matter yeah, so, as long as it's like I, a I've, really expensive i've done DI. that gig i know i've done that gig though when the guy's like yeah i'm just gonna take a di before you pedal board and we'll leave it at that and i'm like no no you are not my friend <laughs> he took one look at all the fuzz and the octaves and went mm, no not for well, me. Well, he took a look at the quad. Co- he looked at the quad cortex and was like, "I want nothing to do with that, pal. Absolutely nothing." Oh come <laughs> on, that's like that's like it's the funny creme de la creme of 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 gear, you know, <laughs> to be using nowadays. Yeah, it's 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 funny because what I am actually giving front of house is a lot of di. Yeah, like, you know, I'm giving them, I'm giving them a di with a high pass and a low pass and a bit of compression, and then blended into that is all the fun stuff. But but. A lot of the shows that I do now, especially like big show tune, like cabaret things, there's already like, you know, there's a keyboard player, there's two guitarists, there's some tracks, there's three male vocalists all doing lead vocals. You know, there's a lot going on. There's not a lot of room for me to go, ooh, I'll get a bit of flange on that. And then the OC2 can come out for that one. And then I'll use the B7K and <laughs> then the B3K. Yeah. And then I think I think I'll go vintage microtubes for that one, and then just Sansamp for that. Nice and simple. Yeah, it's kind of like a no one and done. No, and you're reading exactly, and you're sight reading for those gigs. I'm sight reading sheet music for those gigs, so it's like I don't have time. Like if if I look at my left foot, it's game over. So I need to be staring at those <laughs> so charts. I'd love for to know what hours. piece of music you end up 
you know you're, you're looking at uh sheet music okay and play that and you look down at your foot what what does that inspire you're like oh <laughs> well i can tell you i can tell you what i got wrong by looking at my foot literally last week so um i was playing with this vocal trio group and they were doing bed of roses by bon jovi and there's a bass line that goes into the um chorus which is like the bass goes dum 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 and that's the chorus and i thought you know what it's the last chorus i'm going to put i'm going to put the uh, i'm going to put the drive on you know Careful now. Oh, and actually um previous podcast alumni my preset that i use for all my gigs i stole off eric <laughs> so i just use I just use a preset Eric sent me, which is like a live preset he made. Right. And I listened to it once at a sound check and went, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yep, that's perfect. Not touching that. So um, I went to click the drive on for the last chorus, uh, missed. And I think I put like his lead preset oh. on, which is like um, octave up, chorus, delay. And I was like, this is not, no, 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 Everyone in the front row had their faces blown off. Yeah, just like some, literally like the bit in, um, like it was like Master Exploder by Tenacious D. It's like, it blows the guy's head off and he's like, sorry. Sorry about that. So bed of roses, when you look at your foot, it's more like bed of toeses. Yeah, bed of toeses, bed of nervous breakdown in front of 800 people incredible but yeah well speaking of yeah full-time bass guy nice speaking of nervous breakdowns uh let's move on to our to our first question i think <laughs> da, 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 da. bam so to send in a question don't forget to head over to my to my instagram uh at johnny dibble and you know every so often i'll put up a post on there you've got to keep an eye on those stories you've got to keep engaged you know to you've got, you've got 24 hours exactly you've got to, you've got to make sure that i'm at the top so you can get those questions in there i uh, like these lovely people um this first question uh comes from rob uh baseman great name um i hope that's your real name and that you've just found your you know your destiny um, if, if that was me, actually, um, I would be a gardener because a dibble is a gardening tool, apparently. Well, that's an interesting coincidence because I found out the other day that Horrocks is, um, I hate saying this, Horrocks is uh, an Anglo-Saxon term for a, <laughs> for a small pile of loose leaves <laughs> and or rocks. <laughs> I, can, I mean, rocks, Imagine, yeah, okay. Uh, of course, it all comes full circle. But imagine being pied off that hard for your surname. Like at least yours is like a, I don't know, a humble profession. You know, you always need a garden. You need a gardener every now and again. What are you going to do with me? Well, you know, autumn's coming up. It's my favourite time of year. Big pile of leaves could jump into that. You know, I could jump into you, Chris. Absolutely. Don't know what that means. And I'll be lurking. Oh, I'll be. You can. <laughs> I'm not dignifying that with a response. <laughs> um speaking of response <laughs> let's let's answer this question <laughs> because ross base man baseman base man uh sorry rob says uh if you were designing a pedal uh what would be your innovation to make it one of the best now i kind of misread this question a little bit um because uh what i've said isn't really an innovation it's just kind of something that i wish pedals had um i wish Ooh. you know like all of my 
pedals had to make them really usable uh, for me. Um, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to go first with, with my with my. You idea. can absolutely. Please do. Um, so for me, I really like having a Boss LS2, my line selector for my pedal boards, which means that I can put any pedal I want with it and it retains my low end no matter what um, because it's running a clean signal and puts the affected signal, whatever's in the other chain, on top. Um, so I'll put like a, a rat clone in there or like a, a rat clone and a chorus or something you know and rat, rats typically suck all your low end out whereas mm. this is a way of getting that kind of sound without any of that and um, it just adds it on top so i would like to have a pedal or in any pedal that uh, i have to have the ability to like blend it in or have it sit on top to kind of a b that in any pedal mm. that I have. And, you know, this pedal already does that. This, the pedal already exists. But if I'm designing a pedal, I would be like, that mm. is a feature that it absolutely has to have. Um, so you can choose to have just a clean blend blend, clean blend option. So you can just blend it in. Or you can completely separate it so that you can have an unaffected signal underneath. Because then you could, like, really compress that low end. Like a lot of, um, you know, producers do have this... Um, just flat compressed low end and then this distorted heavy part on top and, and mix those together so um, for me that would be like what I would have to have like a switch that enabled that chain splitting to happen mm. I think that would be that would be my answer for this because no one because then like you could have some really nice sounding guitar type distortions uh, that, that aren't going to suck out the low end because every pedal review I see and they're like, can it be used on bass? Oh, maybe. Oh, no, it like completely... Maybe com not. Completely sucks it all out, especially in a live situation. And that's the last thing you yeah, want from, a dis sure. from distortion, I think. Um, essentially, essentially, it sounds like you want the, the Dark Glass X7, you know, that range, the X-Ultra, you know, with the crossover yeah. and the compression and the... And the um, the level, but then you want an effects loop along inside that pedal. Essentially, so the idea, yeah. So you'd have let's pretend it's it's um, nah distortion's too obvious. So pretend it's chorus, for example, because that's in now. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, you could put a you could put anything, any chorus in there, like a, I don't know a, a CE two or one of the MXR ones or a small clone yeah. or anything. Is it a small clone? Yeah, yeah it is a small clone anything like that and have complete control over that low end because even pedals that don't do it like don't do low end loss i still feel like they do and i think it's because i think it might be because i seem to do i I do more live stuff than studio stuff and when you're going through and you're in a big room not just with a big pa but you know a big room with a built-in pa that has subs in it you know, it's me and the kick drum are moving the room. When you click something that even if it just takes a tiny bit off, you know, let's pretend you were, I don't know, let's pretend the lowest you were going was 60 hertz and it all of a sudden rolls it off to 90 or it has a dip. You, It's so noticeable in that live area, especially because in those situations, like a lot of the shows I do, um, a bright tone is not appropriate. So I'm always rolling the tone off on my bass. You know, I'm I'm I've got very old round wound strings 
on the bass I use for these gigs. I'm considering joining the dark side and moving up to flat wounds to see how that works for this kind of thing. I know exclusive, um, but that's for the godan. So that's like a PJ yeah. for flats. I w- the music man needs to have bright strings forever. Yeah. Um, but it's so noticeable, and it's it, it's it's an essential thing that you can't afford um, to go without. And I'll tell you why it's a really good idea, Johnny. Um, because that's what I was going to say. Oh, look at this guy. I knew so that going on, like this. Uh, question two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. Um, yeah, well, I think... I was going to say, I was, was... At the end of the day, that's just kind of what we want out of, like, any pedal. That's the that's the number one thing I look at. You know, I'm like, is it is it actually going to ruin the bass? <laughs> I don't want to... Yeah, of course. I mean, because if it, if it does, well, what's the point then? Like you know, like you could be running a rat, for example, in lines and not with your line selector, and be like, "This sounds amazing! I sound just like a guitar." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that's why. Oh. Uh, but the guitar's doing the guitar bit. You know, they're they're off being the guitar. Yeah, we need to be the bass. Yeah, and I and I think and if you yeah, um, and you know that works okay for bands like Nirvana. You know, uh, the rat was used quite a lot um, on Chris's tone. <laughs> Uh, but of course there's only yeah. one guitar and the drums and the bass like you can kind of afford to lose that out a little bit when you haven't got two guitars in in those frequencies i feel like sometimes yeah. i used to think like well if you're in a three-piece you need to absolutely maximize that low end kind of changed my tune on that a little bit recently where i'm like well actually i feel like you might be able to get away with a little bit less because it's not so noticeable because there's not two guitars in yeah. there because um, yeah. you're kind of acting as a as a guitar in a way as well. Um, yeah, you're the rhythm guitar as well to an extent. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah, more so in that in that case. Well, especially when I mean, the, look at like the lead. Yeah, I mean, well, look at look at Motorhead. There's no bass in Lemmy's tone no, at all. No, sir, uh, that and he doesn't even play low. It's like he's doing a power chords up on like the seventh fret of the D string. You know, like he's the man's playing guitar. Yeah. On a bass. Yeah, the, it sounds great. The, exactly, and the the role kind of changes a little bit in that. Um, I was trying to think if there was any other things with pedals that I thought like, oh yeah, that that would be good, or what I would have. Um, a question came up recently about modded pedals. Um, and like, oh, what's your what's mm. your opinion on that? Um, do you know one thing? One thing that I don't like on some pedals, um, is internal knobs. Uh, oh, trim pots. Yeah, can can yeah, can that stop, like, please? I hate to I hate to say it because it's you know they are literally the daddy of bass pedals, but controversial opinion, B one K, not a good idea. Yeah, I I see. I liked the idea of the just two knobs, and I was like, great, that's cool. I I like simplicity. Yeah, but but, I, but then but the two most important knobs are on the back. Yeah, and like, and those are the, things I'm gonna want to twiddle like with. <laughs> Like the blend, the blend is under the pedal. Like that. Like I hate to, I hate to say this because I'm a very big fan of dark glass. I've used, I continue to use their products. Yeah. They are the best in the industry right now by far. Yeah. But I just, I just like, oh, like you could, they could have done, they could have done what the um. So I've still got it somewhere. I've got the Tube Screamer Mini, the the mm-hmm. guitar pedal. I know, sacrilege. Um. But the Tube Screamer, Tube Screamer Mini has one big dial for, um, I think it's the drive, 
and then two really small pedals that you couldn't touch with your feet, but if you lean down and pinch it, you could get it to work. And that's your tone <laughs> and your steady. That's steady what on. she said. That's your uh, hey. That's your um, that's your tone and your uh, volume. So you know it's still a small form factor, but it doesn't compromise on the fact that I need to. I need to mess with this. Exactly. I need to mess and, with and this it's knob, the same kind of, I need to mess with it's it. It's the same kind of small little knob that you need to twiddle, you know, in that regard. Oh, God. That, that's just very on brand. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. But like that, why can't that just be on the outside? It just makes it so much more user-friendly. Yeah. And, the, um, and they're not just, they're not set and forget the back ones. Off as well. Yeah, having to take the back off to mess with the, the bite and the grunt switch yeah. as well. I don't know. I think for a, for a, for a company that pretty much nails it like you know hits it out of the park every time mm. when i saw that i originally thought oh small b7k because i like that i like that pedal it would as much as i you know i use a b3k in the quad cortex because it has that as a pedal mm. but um as you know as like a, a a um a block a block for you to use kind of like the hx stomp as well but um i thought oh it might be cool to have like the real the real, real deal, because I use the sound so much, you know, maybe. But then I, and I thought, I don't have a lot of space on my pedal board. This would be a great idea. And then I saw that all the buttons that I want to touch all the time, like every gig I'm messing with the blend somewhere. Yeah. Because, you know, it's different n- rooms. It's are, not you know, just I set gig, and forget. In... And especially with strings. No, I don't think it is. And, and... Like when your strings start dying a little bit, oh, yeah, I sure. find like that's when I'll start turning the blend of that up to get a bit more of that harsh high end that comes with that as well. Yeah, um, for sure. Or, or, you know, taking the B7K as an example, that's when you might want to turn the tone up. And that's on the back of the pedal. Or you might want to be like, you know, these strings are starting to sound a bit flubby. I might want to turn the grunt switch on, you know, to start... Or you might just, ch- especially look like I dual lock my pedals to my pedal board because it's getting thrown in the back of a van all the time. You know, I don't want it falling off. And I don't know if you've ever used um, dual lock or pedal board tape on a pedal board. Mm. That is not easy to pull off. Like it's designed, it's used for putting things on walls yeah. and, you know, um, properly mounting something down. You know, sometimes you need to use like one of those little um, upholstery. Um, handles, you know, to pop it off because it's really hard. Yeah. Um, I can see you trying to come up with an innuendo for that. There, I can see the wheels turning in your brain. That's constantly like... in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, pop off in a minute. So yeah, like, I, but every gig, every gig, I'm, I'm messing with it. You know, some, you know, some gigs I gig, I gig in venues where the bass isn't even coming through the PA. Yeah. And I'm just going, I'm just going into a big house amp, you know, with like a like a four ten, and that's it. What then you would need to, you know, turn the level up. You might need to, which is on the front to be fair, but you might need to mess with the. We might, you might be messing with the blend at the end of the day. And then sometimes you go to a, you know, you go to a recording session or a big venue with a nice PA, and you go, no, I can turn that blend up now. Yeah. I want to hear. Oh, let me just so, yeah, rip turn. the pedal off my board. Ugh, and then yeah, let me just unscrew let me just it. Two feet. Oh, I don't have a screw. Yeah, now. let me put two feet on the pedal, <laughs> rip it off. Maybe get someone else to help me. Oh, I've broken everything in the middle of a sound check <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, well, you've only got like maybe sometimes minutes to ch- to check everything. I don't know. That that's... for a brand that I'm such a big fan of, that is not for me. Well, 
we are gonna that takes us nicely into our next section because i've got a little gripe with our next bit uh with this company Ooh. as well uh, which i wish i didn't uh because i was really excited anyway let's move on to that now shall we let's move on to the news <laughs> Welcome to the news. Um, I should really have paper in front of me. Oh, I do. Hang on. I've got my car. Oh, hang on. I can help if you want. I've got my car tax reminder here I can use. Oh, no. How much? Uh, oh, I'm not disclosing that. It's not that much, though. It's actually, <laughs> actually it's quite a lot. It's only 1.2, God's sake. Right, here we go. Some, someone drives petrol. What on earth is that? It's chocolate coated raisins. Nice. And now I'm gonna have, there you go. that, I'm gonna have a sip for when I top. get invited on a when I get invited on the off menu podcast that'll be, <laughs> that'll be there. That's starter main and dessert. Oh yeah, and side and drink. Oh yeah. Ooh. Actually, no, I just had a sip of my chocolate milk, so you can have some of that. Oh. Um, oh nice. So I said this segued on nice because first bit of news, which was actually announced just after I recorded the last podcast, um, <laughs> is the news of Dark Glass's new pedal the infinity so the infinity is essentially you know you've got the atom you've got the uh the alpha omega photon now they've got the infinity in that range of um i don't know what they describe it as but it's in there I, I, I did hear the name i did hear the name somewhere what it was called because you've got the ultra pedals mm. which are like the well the ultras and then they called it something else, you know, like a big chassis with the three main buttons, the touch slider. Yeah. Have you um, have you ever actually, have you used one? Have you had one in your hands and messed around with one? What? Uh, one of these big chassis ones? Yes. No, I haven't. I used to, I used to have the Adam. Oh. And um, it was, it was really good. Uh, genuinely, a really, it, it gets a bit of flack now for some reason, but I, I had a really good time with it. Yeah. When I used it, and I'm not just talking about the pedal, <laughs> oh, um, but uh, it, um, the touchscreen EQ is is really cool. It is it is a cool function um, until you're on a gig and your hands are all sweaty um, because it just doesn't register. Like if you ever got your hand like your hand wet and yeah. then you've tried to use your phone yeah. screen and it doesn't recognize you. So I had that where I was gigging somewhere. I think I was gigging with Dead Romantic. Um and I I really wanted to dip five hundred. I was like, I want to get I want I want this to be more scooped. Like a, what I'm hearing is a bit too honky, and for that kind of band, you know, mid range not allowed. No, well, unless you're Billy Sheehan, which I am not. So um, I was like mid range, get that out of town, and I slipped and I boosted it by twenty four dB. Hey, um, instead, which I must say. Porked through the mix very well, like a goose. Um, you were honking, you know. Yeah, it yeah it it honked like <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a cool feature. It, you know, I I still think they're cool pedals. Um, so what do you think? You mentioned you had some controversy or a controversial well, opinion on the new one. Yeah. So essentially, this is their the X range version. So we said earlier about the X Seven and the Ultra, and I had I had the Ultra. Um, which because yeah. I really liked the compression, you could just have that on the, the crossover. Yeah, function. exactly. Yeah. So this does all of that with the multi-band compression. We've got multiple compressors in there, but then this has got all of um, 
it's, it's got the if i remember correctly it's got the b3k in there essentially the yeah the, ori- the original distortion circuit yeah the what's this b7k and the vintage microtubes so that's oh yeah or b3k x and vintage microtubes it's definitely so, those two i believe if i remember correctly it has the the b3k circuit which is like the original essentially if, if someone says dark glass that you're kind of listening to that yeah. really um the vintage microtubes I, you might be right about the b7 i'm not too sure but i know it has those two yeah that's the two that um, i know and then and then you have two other options where it is those circuits again with a clean low end mm-hmm. and you know for that kind of x ultra crossover kind of sound yeah which I think is really cool, um, but the Adam kind of already did that, kind kind of. So it had what the Adam had was it didn't have a crossover function, but it had a multi-band compressor. Well, that's it's got that's got this yeah, that's got this as well yeah. in in the compression yeah. section because you've got three of those twisty twisty foot pedals, which I think is brilliant. I love that feature. Yeah, they have they have those on the quad cortex. Yeah, it's the same hardware, and I use that all all the time more than touchscreen really just because you know you, you you get that um you get that enjoyment of um fiddling with a knob um but you get that enjoyment of like kind of deep breath uh we'll get through this um you get that in- that hardware interaction yeah and because sometimes just messing around with the touchscreen is a bit too like like I, I used to have a Kemper yeah and um one of, the, one of the things that really kept me well i still have it but one of the things that kept me with the kemper for so long was it looks like an amp on the front you know all the all the dials are physical for you to touch yeah whereas plug-in land or when you use the touchscreen of the quad cortex as opposed to the pebble um as opposed to the buttons you are just you're, you're touching the screen and it seems it's a bit it's easy to get it wrong and miss definitely and in my opinion but forgetting to save to. something and then you move across and it forgets it you know like i uh, i'm i'm a, I'm yeah, a pedal tactile you, person does, yeah for sure um so originally when i saw this pedal announced and it's, it's 550 quid this pedal by the way yeah they're all about that range, yeah, yeah which is whoa big old bucks um, but you can get them on like um not percent finance deals for like 50 quid a month you know from like Anderton, mm. so that I was considering that I re- did reach out to Dark Glass, but they said bugger off. No, they didn't. They just didn't reply. Um, <laughs> um, not after I slag them off on air now. Anyway, um, so uh, <laughs> no, I love Dark Glass. I think that, like you, like you said, there. I think they're they're brilliant in what they do. Um, and my they are the 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 the, the grand they are the go-to yeah. thing on the market now. I mean, it's it's. I mean, Sans Amp will always be. Thing. I mean, I think Sansamp is a bit too scooped sometimes for me. That's but... why I got the V. I specifically wanted the V two when I went back to Sansamp because mm. it's got a mid range control. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So, because I thought the same, I was like, uh, I I like that sound, but it's not always what I want. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. So, I yeah, that's why I got that. So that's that's really good. Um, anyway, um, yeah, they are, they are, they are the granddaddies. Um. And there's a reason for that. Um, with this one, what I really wanted was to be able to have, because I quite like having a bit of overdrive um, in my clean tone, just to give it a bit of mm. grunt, just a, just a little bit. Um, well, it, it, it helps an awful lot. Like it, it's even when you're playing something 
that you wouldn't think you want to be distorted. Even if you're playing, let's say you're playing with clean guitars. Yeah. A li- just a little bit of grit, it stops you just sounding stale. It kind of, kind of helps you pork, it helps you get through the mix, um, which is a problem we will always face mm. as bass players. But it's not enough for someone to go, oh, geez, ah, that's a bit much, Mr. Yeah. Bass player. It's like when you, down, when you play hard with a pick, sometimes it can sound like, oh, a bit overdriven, but it's just like the clangy nature, you know, and, and that's what I kind of go after. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so I wanted, yeah. I thought, oh, this could be a good all-in-one pedal compression, yeah. Uh, overdrive distortion, yeah. Okay, can I can I go from a vintage microtube sound into a B2K, you know, or or mix them together and things like that? You can't do it. You have to bend down and switch. You, you know, move the really move the yeah move the knob to go on to the next one. It's not foot switchable to go in between two but sounds. You, you have you have three presets. Yeah, on the pedal. But one of them is controlling and... your compression. So I reached out to a couple of people, and they were like, "Yeah, no, you can't do that." And I was like, "Really?" I was like, "550 quid." And you can't but do that. That's like the main function I want it to do. That's very interesting to hear because, again, you know, some of you listeners may have recently forgotten that um, I used to have a dark glass adder. <laughs> um, just to mention that again. Um, but what you could do on that was so the free pedal, the free hardware switches at the bottom. Number one is your compression, your, your ratio of compression mm-hmm. specifically. To be fair, though, that range of pedals does a really good thing, whereas you turn the compression up as in the dial, let's say you've got it at 8 to 1, you turning that up adjusts the threshold, so yeah. sort of like the more compression you get. But it constantly gain matches for you. Really nice. So you never lose volume, you just squash. So you don't have to go, oh, am I getting too quiet now? But anyway, pedal 1 is that. Pedal 2 was the, the flavour of distortion. And the Adam went from that kind of grit that me and you were just talking about. You know, If you add the gain, the overdrive, level down on his distortion one it sounded great it did what we wanted all the way through to a really aggressive glitchy fuzz yeah you know like that you know that that like almost um uncontrollable fuzz that almost sounds like a sine wave by the end of a sawtooth synth yeah so it did and then and then number three was like peak like dark glass tone Mm. but i use the and then and then your last one is your cab synth but all of those three bits that you change between presets, do whatever you want. Like I had a clean, like a heavy rhythm, and then a really distorted fuzz. So that was between those. So you can't do that on. So the... that was between those separate foot switches on there. So you didn't have to fiddle anything. Yeah, that so was chan- just kick off, kick so, on so and off. Chan- yeah, so channel A was like you know four to one compression, little bit of drive on flavor one with the character halfway up. And then number two was like distortion free with the drive at like 10 a.m. Um, character higher up, so I got more bite. And then I put the compression on eight to one because I really wanted consistency. And then the last one was like, um, oh, and then that one had like a mid, a, a duck at 500. Mm. And then the last one was like the opposite. It's like all the drive was up, everything. But there was a big mid-range boost. So it really was like obnoxious. Yeah. But I maybe, only used it for like that was for like one second. Maybe I'm are getting you, are you sure? well. Is it definitely not? Maybe I'm getting this wrong. But like when I've spoken, everyone I've spoken to and, and asking them, this is look. I'm thinking of getting this. 
can it do this though? Because that will determine whether it's a keeper for me. And I don't want to be paying monthly yeah, because, for this thing. Um, well, of course, because I would have thought exactly what you want is if you get three presets on the pedal, you know, number one might be the, the vintage micro tubes, not too bright, not too distorted, kind of an always on sound, works for everything. Yeah. Number two could be I want to be in a metal band, and it could be the B3K with the drive really high, scoop the mids. And then number, you know, number three could be completely clean, yeah. or you know, it could be something. But you want to be changing those flavors of distortion, or you know, one could have the crossover function and one couldn't for different sounds. You know, like that big boomy sound. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I feel, I I feel like, wrong, I yeah, but I, I, right. I, yeah, I want to be wrong because that yeah. is what is like make or break for me on that. Because at the minute, I'm in, I'm tossing up <laughs> between. Uh, distortions at the minute and because i want to kind of change things up mm. a bit and i'm like oh, what should i go for when this was in and it was when this was announced and i was like oh it could be this um and i was thinking about getting it really is an all-in-one solution yeah oh do you know what? i'm gonna have to go and do some more research now um because now i'm like oh if it is i think i'm gonna have to get one <laughs> yeah um, if if um if it is the case though that you're correct and you can't change those i would be very much like oh yeah really You'd be like that's like that ridiculous. is that is disappointing yeah 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 because that's what i was like oh my what um i can't remember who it was that told me that oh 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 i know who it was i know who it was i won't say it unless i think it's wrong <laughs> um i'm trying to think who i'm trying to think who i not to say names i'm trying to think who i know out loud who will have one mm. well they're only um, we might they're on pre-order at the minute for public i think yeah, look. well, we might be thinking of the same guy. I'm sure he's got hold, he's got hold of one, or he'll be doing a video on one. Potentially, um, mm. I think because I asked, I got it on third hand knowledge because I asked them who asked mm. them. So maybe there's a a a, a, uh, a bit of what's the word I'm looking for? Chinese whispers. Yes. Well, I don't know if you're meant to say that anymore. You know, I think you've just cancelled yourself, Chris. Ooh. Well, that was easy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Goodbye. That's the end. See you next year. <laughs> so you can say see you next Tuesday then. So you definitely can't say that. Um, <laughs> right. Well, you just did. So here we are. Yeah. Fuck. Um, dark, so dark glass. <laughs> I if it's if that's if I'm wrong and that's how it works. Yes. Hell yes. Oh, one actually one thing I really like about that pedal is like the uh, era knob, <clears throat> so you can turn it yes, from absolutely. like being a dark and like subby to like just dark turn it vintage, up and make it more yeah. more modern i think that's a great feature like a tilt in between those two because that's all of course that's always a balance i'm trying to get right yeah that and all of the the, um, the routing options mm. is really cool on that pedal you know you can have a you can take the xlr out and that can go straight to front of house that can have the cab sim and all the distortion on it you could then use because there's two out, two other outputs. One could go to an amp with no distortion and no cab sim, but compression. Yeah. So you're feeding a really great, really great signal to an amp, and then you can have a completely clean signal, you know, untouched, going into a DI box, and that could go off to whatever. You could be recording at home, taking a DI. You know, your front of house guy might want to take a DI. You might just want a clean DI for something. That's really clever and. I know you talked about it last week, but it's all controlled via an app. Yeah. Which um, I probably I never bothered with live because I was like, "There's no service in here. There's no way this is going to work." Um, 
but it probably would have. Um, is it run via? Sure, it, sure it just runs via Bluetooth, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just Bluetooth. It's just Bluetooth, but I'm an idiot, so <laughs> I probably just I probably just thought I've got no Wi-Fi. There's no way this is gonna work. Um, I ain't got the but, cable. Um, I know exactly. Yeah, well, I, which is funny because I would have been wireless for all these gigs anyway. So it's like, oh, <laughs> magic guitar seems to work. Why not this? <laughs> yeah. But they are, yeah, they're a really great company that makes some really good stuff. Um, and that is a really cool pedal. Mm. Um, I don't really know what else I want from them as a company because it's like, what else can you really give me apart from the X series in an amp? That yeah, would well, be cool. that's probably coming up, isn't it? I would have thought. Yeah. They've done it. They've done all the others. Maybe. And then we'll get like a, a couple yeah. of different versions of uh, versions of that, I'm sure, like wattages and designs. Um but yeah, true because they they already do a nine hundred and a five hundred. Yeah, I, I I'm always really yeah. excited when they bring when they announce something new because I'm like, what is this going to be? How is this going to change the game? Because that is what they tend to I do. I can't wait for everything on Instagram to be nothing but this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope Instagram isn't um, shadow banning them because I want that all day. Um, cool. Well, I'm gonna go after this. Go ahead and um try and save up some money to try and get myself one of these now because i yeah i i I really hope that i'm wrong and that that is not the case because that is make or break for me on this pedal um and i've now i'd forgotten about it and now i really want one again so thanks for that there we go sorry that's okay anytime um moving on to our second bit of news there's only two bits of news this week but they're pretty big ones i think um because the other one is Fender. Fender have released some Main Japan Aerodyne special basses. Now, the Aerodyne, you might all know as the kind of all-black fingerprint magnet uh, PJ Jazz bass, um, which is super slim body, super sexy bass with cream binding on the outside, no inlays, matching black headstock, um, really cool... Um, knobs on there i wish we had another word for knobs for god's sake um it's just an incredible dial dial there we go that's much better much more um proper uh yeah really really nice bases um i i would i would love to have one to be fair um and they've just released a whole new range uh, of these and they're pretty cool i wasn't expecting this um so we have got uh, the classic jazz basses, but instead of a PJ configuration this time, it is full-on jazz bass because we've also got a P bass as well. Now, Aerodyne P basses do exist, but I'm pretty sure they're only uh, Japanese-made ones that are like in like 2006 or something like that. Yeah, it's the um, it's the Duff McKagan one, if I remember correctly, yeah. the one that's like just a P. But um, yeah, we're going, we're going, we're going full J. John or Jameson here, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I, there's pretty different finishes for Fender in here as well, different configurations. So um, I don't have the names of these uh, uh, of these colors up in front of me, but I'm just gonna call them what they are. So we've got a uh, <laughs> uh, just a standard P bass. All of these are just standard electronics, nothing active going on here. Um, standard P bass, no pit guards on any of these. So they've got like a, what's like a fire slash tobacco burst looking, or, or sunburst, should I say, P bass, maple neck with a black headstock, kind of matches the black binding that kind of goes round. Different looking. Uh, in the P bass range, again, we've got an all white version with a, I assume, rosewood 
uh, fretboard. It looks quite dark. Looks like it. Um, then a bright green one with a white pickup cover. You know, I'm into my white or off-white pickup covers. Uh, maple neck and a fretboard, sorry, and matching green headstock. Um, then onto the jazz bases, we have got this uh, all like silver one, which I think looks really cool. Um, a, a definitely like a tobacco burst style one with it looks like a black headstock, but kind of looking at side by side with the P base, it kind of looks not quite black. Um, it looks more like the rose on the tobacco burst. Yeah, model. yeah, it kind of looks like it's matching what would probably be like the really dark brown. Yeah, of the exterior of the tobacco burst no it's good i really that's i do like a tobacco burst me too i me too man um i would quite like a stingray in tobacco burst i think really me, nice. yeah me too me, as much as i'm very happy with my natural one mm. tobacco burst would be cool yeah i think it's like tobacco burst natural and black are just like my favorite stingray colors at the minute ah what about seafoam green though i do like a seafoam um but i feel like sometimes with those kind of colors i tend to go off them quite quick so if i'm gonna splash mm. out on a stingray i think i want something that i'm like yeah i'm gonna that's like fair that. enough that's, that's, that's fair timeless enough. i mean for me. I mean, I look at it and immediately think Dougie from McFly. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> well, I want, I want well that. in your McBusted band, mate, you, you're going to need that, aren't you? So exactly, exactly. That and a, that and a P base for uh, for Matt Willis. You're done. True. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to be two guys at the same time. <laughs> well, actually, Dougie, we're going off on a tangent, but we love a tangent. Um, Dougie had a custom Stingray or Sterling. I can't remember which. Um, with a P pickup. With a P pickup. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing that now. Is he? Uh, yeah, I saw a, a, an Instagram post. It's like blue with no pit guards. Yeah. And um, the P pickup, and it's all the way up as well. Yeah. Like, it's not even where a P base pickup would be. It's like, that must just sound like a subwoofer. It's really strange choice. Um, I, now, yeah, I, I that really kind of music as well. Yeah. I, now, I can understand, like, a normal P in the standard position <laughs> or a double P. Um, I do want to try a double P because um, from what I've heard from them, they sound really good. Mm. Look awful. Look terrible. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible look. Oh. It looks broken. Oh. I would, I would like to try um, the P pick up the other way around, mm. like um, Mark Hoppus does again, because you're going to get more. Odd. It looks wrong. I know it, it's blasphemy, but you know you're going to get a bit more low end off the D and G strings. Which for him, but you're going to get. He does that a lot. Doing, to be doing fair, chordal exactly. stuff is really good for that. Yeah. And it's it seems like more mid range. Yeah, but it seems like you should get like a more balanced sound out of that because the lower strings tend to be boomier. Now I've had I've had a reverse P before, um, and I bloody missed everywhere. <laughs> um, it sounds like you've had some sort of in infection. Yeah, absolutely. Help! It's gone in like a dog. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying about talking about dogs' penises? Um, Rever reverse reverse P. P pickups. Yes, that's right. And I. I don't know what it is. It's because I'm always expecting that classic P-bass sound that doesn't quite get you. I don't think. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It's I, I'm not I'm not totally sold by the reverse P yet. Um, but the, all of these Fender Aerodynes all have standard P's. No reverse P's here. Um, yeah, yeah. The um, the green one. Yeah. That kind of looks like that. Um... That Charvel from about a year ago. Do you yeah. That? The, yeah. That Talk about reverse P's. I feel, yeah, I feel like everyone hated that except me. Like, I looked at it and thought, that's great. Love it. Yeah. Oh, and then they, everyone they used look. it was like, this is minging. 
Oh, really? So looks-wise, I'm like, that is incredible. Especially with the gold hardware, roasted maple. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I think, really liked yeah, it. Yeah, they look incredible. The, the, the hate I saw mostly, or from people I've spoken to, is that they just suck. Like they're just not very good for oh, the money. Really? Yeah. You know, I heard. You know, I heard about. Um, we were talking about this uh, earlier today. I sent you a picture of one of the Spectre mm. um, dimension bases. You know, the, the multi-scale, yeah. you know, the version of a of a dingy wingy, a dingwall. Um, and I didn't. I didn't play it. I just sort of looked at it and went, "Oh, that looks like a nice table. I like that." <laughs> um, but I've heard the preamp in that apparently is horrible. Like it sounds like it's. It sounds like you're hitting a brick wall limiter oh, really? all the time. So there's just no dynamic range to it. It just mm. sounds like you're punching drywall. But um, yes, I, ha- I haven't. If that's I've true, heard, that's a real shame. I've heard those bases, yeah. um, and I haven't been blown away by them. I think honestly, mm. I with those kind of Spectre bases, like one of my dream bases is a nice uh, five string Spectre. Like, ugh. yeah, me too. Me t- uh, speaking as a big. Um, Mike Kroger from Nickelback. Fan. Yes, I want a five-string Spectre yeah. in drop air. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely, mate. Um, and I think like, yeah, for me it was um, Tom from Don Broco that got me into them originally because I saw oh, him. Good show. And, like yeah. his tone is immaculate on those earlier albums where he's just using that full yeah, time. The, the, I mean, the, the auto- automatic as an album, the bass on that just oh intro of like amazing. super love you're like oh yeah oh, the that verse bit. on you yeah. want to know oh some of the best bass yeah uh, absolutely oh. i mean all the albums are good mm. um i went to see them live actually i think it would have been about a year ago now mm. um Man- manchester academy which is not that big really no. um sounded amazing yeah. like the bass the bass sounded amazing yeah. i was just sat there just like it was just alternating between ns2s and music man yeah, yeah. And i was like you are ki- you know what you're doing like you now he's got and he's a great player oh absolutely well. he's got custom four string p bass now as well from um yeah the by um the italian company yeah, i think it's pronounced paletti yeah. palo paloetti yeah pavarotti <laughs> pavarotti Not that. um just one cornetto give it to me yeah, that's um, yeah. anywho with um uh just a, a quick flex of uh, played with don broco twice Oh, nice. Um, I can beat that. Go on, then. Um, one of my friends is from the same town as them, and he tells me very regularly he has seen them play to, like, four people. Yeah. My, a lot. I, I've got... Um, I had a friend from Bedford who... Uh, who yeah, they yeah. were like, yeah, like, it's just like Rob from down the road, you know. <laughs> They're just like... It's mad that. best yeah. buds. Um. But yeah, yeah we, we played a couple of festivals on on like the same oh, on nice. the same stage, and like it was in a couple of weeks of each other, and we were like, "All right, guys," and they were like, "Oh hi!" Like, like it's like, "Oh, I remember you." We're like, "Oh, you again?" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Please leave me alone. <laughs> so was where were they at then? And they brought out uh, priorities. Oh yeah, yeah. Point, priorities. Was this earlier than then? No, priorities oh, okay. was out by that point. Um, oh, I see. Okay uh it was i don't know if it was before no it was definitely it was after automatic actually they were oh um i remember them playing super love at the festival of one of the festivals that we were at yeah proper good like i see um but yeah that that specter tone is just incredible it was it was for that i think for that era it was paired up with uh, ebs fafner 
which was like their mm. full um uh tube amp you know cost ridiculous really? money that amp. yeah 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 um and they're incredible sounding and he's had some sans amps and he's had um uh, the avalon di's uh yeah a u5 yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know about that part but I don't really know. But I, I would like to know. And I think I swear I read somewhere that he does a U5, but then he goes into a Kemper. Yeah, he's Kemper now. And the Kemper has done all the drives. I mean, it make. I mean, having toured, it makes sense because it's like the the smallest amount of moving parts we can have. Like if you can go, Mister Guitar Player, wirelessly into a rack, into immediately into a Kemper. So your rig is one patch cable and an XLR because it's going to get. It's just going to spend six months getting wheeled down ramps and thrown into things. And, you know, at least then we know if the rig goes down, it goes, have you checked the cable? <laughs> like, the cable. Or replace like, a oh, cable. Oh, it's not that, right. Yeah, singular. You know, like, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not very romantic. Because it's like, oh, it's rig's only a Kemper. But it's like, yeah, sorry, that's just what you need. Yeah, that's everything. Don't say yeah. only. Be like, yes, it's only that. Um, true, very true. I've just realised we've missed a colour off of these um, aerodynes. So yeah, we didn't talk about the no, blue one. which is arguably one of the, one of the cooler ones. I think the mm. we've got like a. I like the, we didn't. Did we talk about the silver? As yeah, well? well, I mentioned it briefly. Okay. I think the jazz bases yeah. are definitely my favourites. Um, I like that they've done um, new bases, but visually, they're more they're more a bit of me. Yeah, vi- visually, um, I mean the P base, the red P base is okay, but it looks a bit. I hate to say this, it looks a bit Argos. To me. <laughs> it, it's the maple. It's the maple I mean? neck with the black headstock. I think, like, yeah, I think, it unfortunately cheapens it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're right, and I think these pictures don't help because it makes it look really yellow. Um, yeah, it's a very high saturated image, yeah. and no one in the comment section is allowed to shout at me because I have an aerodyne. Mm. Oh, do so you? I'm like, no one can. Yeah, I have a red one. Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. I was a, a yeah, picture of the black red. one then. Well, everyone forgets about it because I haven't gigged with it yeah. in a year. Yeah. And I just keep... Truth be told, it's got a, it's got a set of EMG pickups in it, a, a PJ. And sounds great, but it's not routed to accommodate the battery. So the battery is shoved into the scratch plate, you know, underneath. Yeah. So I'm scared to gig with it because if it goes down, I can't change it. <laughs> You're you like, know, well... I have to pull the bass apart. Yeah. <laughs> guess I'll just... Uh... Sing, sing the bass into the mic for the rest of it. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I always bring a spare just in case, you know, because you you never know. Mm. But I've got I've got this phobia of the pickup dying yeah, on me, yeah. and it's quite I've had a, that um, had that happen. Oh, really? I remember thinking, I remember you telling me this on uh, on a on a, a Marcus Miller, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And because you were using the active preamp, it kind of changed the drive quite a lot. Yeah, sucked. Yeah, it's not fun, is it? Yeah. No. So this. Baby blue one has got the white pickups as well, maple fretboard. Really cool looking. Mm. Um, kind of like uh, I think that might be the way for me. Yeah, yeah. I think for, uh, I'd like to see that tobacco burst one in person. I think that could <laughs> yeah, be me too. Cool. Me too. Um, but yeah, these and is all in all, they're not that expensive, really. They're well, they're how much are they? They're one thousand three hundred and fifty dollars. So that's probably for us going to be like twelve hundred quid. Uh, by the time that they price them and up it's, for us. Am I correct in saying it's an, it's American or Mexican? Uh, or, or Japanese? I want to say it's Japanese, you know. Let's double check. Do, do they still make models in Japan? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I did not know that. I do have a question to put forward to you, though. Go on. 
obviously these are nice, but are they any better than what the Aerodynes always look like? No. Because I think the I think the Aerodyne biased the model I've got, the one where they did a grey, a black, and a red, mm. is the best looking base fender has ever done. Oh. Except except for um Sting's P base. Okay. Mm. So it's like a tobacco burst, heavy relic P base with no no pit guards. Yeah, that's just ab- absolute filth, isn't it? disgusting yeah but everybody yeah your standard aerodyne i'm like yeah you know what that is the one with the pit guard as well i'm like that is that is peak base for me i don't struggle to get it's the binding man it's the binding you don't get that i agree yeah and i've and i've changed well i'm going to change hopefully mine is red with a black pit guard and i would very much like to change the pit guard to kind of like off-white or just or TV white, you know that kind of like slightly mottled, yeah, nice off white color. I would like to do that, but I don't really gig with it, so it's kind of unfortunately just sat in a case yeah. at, at my parents' house, nowhere near me. Oh no, near. better send yeah. it to me, mate. I think better send it. Yeah, to me. sounds like it. Yeah, incredible. But that was all of our news uh, for this week. Um, quite a hefty news section, but it's because we love a good tangent, don't we? Oi, oi. Um, let's move we on to our next question. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Question number two comes from Andrew, uh, AMP, the bass player, AMP, the bass player. It's a great name and he's a great guy. Uh, Alumni on the show, fellow YouTuber, go and check him out. Always say that because he's the best. Um, so, Andreas, do you think it's worth trying out a lot of different brands of the same kind of string? Um, so, same kind of string, you know, there are different types of string. Within that different types of string, there are different types of string again. And then you've got gauges. Um, I've been on a journey with strings um, and I'm still going on it, I think. I think I still want to keep experimenting because I feel like uh, i thought i was there now i'm not so sure i want to try some other stuff out so i think absolutely you it's definitely worth doing this chris where are you at with strings at the moment and what's your kind of approach to be honest i've um i've never really dove into trying different types of the same strings so when 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 we say the same strings are we are we in agreement it's kind of like 
these are nickel wound 45 to 105. Yeah. And then it's like I'm trying stainless um, steel. Theodario. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if it's stainless steel versus nickel, that's a definitely you should be trying that. Absolutely. Because I I think there's a massive difference between stainless steel and um, nickel. Uh, I'm a nickel guy. Uh, Nickelback. Obviously, that's the only reason. Um, Because I just think the steels are, for me at least, a little bit too bright at the start. They die too quickly. Um, It's just like as soon as I get used to the going, as soon as I get used to going, hey, there's some zing here, it's gone. Yeah. Um, And then I just think they start to die off a little bit too quick, whereas nickel are never quite as bright. So imagine if a stainless steel string loses 80% of its brightness and nickel might only lose, I don't know, 10, maybe. Yeah. Sorry, I've, I've worded that wrong. 20% of its brightness is what I should have said. So if, if 100 is super bright, um, you know, stainless steel might lose 20% of that and then mellow out, whereas a, a, a nickel never started as bright but doesn't lose as much mm-hmm. either. So, um, but if you were talking about just different brands, you know, um, I'm a 45 to 105 nickel guy, um, but I use Diodario. I don't think I've ever tried Ernie Ball bass strings. Ever. Whoa! Never tried them. Really? Because I'm a I, yeah, because I was a Diodario guy as a guitarist. Yeah. Like I, I did my experimenting as a guitar player. Like I tried, I tried Ernie Ball for ages. I tried Diodario for ages. I tried Rotor Sound a few times. I was like, oh, I don't like these on guitar. Um. <laughs> I bought one set of NYXL strings as a guitarist and thought, this is way too expensive. <laughs> and then that's cheaper than a set of bass strings. Um, <laughs> but I dare not go near, like, you know, five-string NYXL set is like 60 quid. <laughs> it's crazy. Which is... Absolutely mental. I mean, I like mid-range, but not that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if like like we said, if it's a... If it's a materials thing, you know, maybe we're trying corded strings. Maybe we're trying MYXL versus not MYXL. Uh, if we're doing steel or nickel, then yeah, million percent, you should be trying that out because they feel different as well. Like I've heard steel is very sticky, mm. but um, nickel isn't. But if it's just brands, um, I'd say, yeah, if you want to experiment, I haven't, but there's no reason to say why not. I think there's a, there can be a big difference in that as well. I, I find, because I was playing Diodaro uh, Pro Steels for a long time, um, mm. which I thought were really good. They, they were kind of, um, I felt like they lasted, those ones lasted longer than the, the standard um, regular slinky Ernie Balls. Um, and I, I'm a big zinger. You know, like a better thing. I'm a zingy boy. Um, uh, Call me KFC. Exactly. I'm a big old zinger. Um, they they were kind of the middle ground between Ernie Ball and Elixir, where Elixir were like, got it, you yeah. know, top of the range. It's Benny. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, like for a standard set, it's like forty quid a go, and your boys, zingy boys, not uh, not paying that. Um, especially at the rate that I go through strings, like ridiculous i mean you're recording more than i am yeah as well it's worth mentioning you know you you probably need newer strings whereas i you know my my go down my my pj base um can't remember when i changed the strings yeah it was a long time ago like it's been well over six months um because i'm kind of trying to turn them into flats a little bit yeah 
so they are they are dead now like they are but what i'm learning through experience and a bit of research i've noticed when flats when flats go a bit older and they're dead still stay in tune mm. and they still intonate correctly and i'm learning now that really old round wounds just get a bit shit <laughs> so i'm like oh right i'm not it's not really giving me the vintage vibe i was after yeah you get like this little sweet spot where it's like oh, these are getting there it's sounding good and then you're like oh no <laughs> yeah exactly but um i keep the music man as fresh as i can yeah like you know i'm wiping it down after every gig um you know change the strings relatively recently and if i was recording or anything or for the you know spoiler alert a, a various you know sound sample we may hear in a few minutes that's fresh you know they're super fresh yeah. strings because i feel like i feel like it really benefits from that that deserves a bit of zing definitely and it's already a zingy bass you know so like it is and I, and I have to treble pretty high as well yeah uh Zingy. I just think that you you should definitely experiment with all these things um, because sometimes you can get yourself stuck in a bit of a rut if you're like, oh, I'm not sure why this isn't working for me or things aren't feeling right or sounding yeah. the way I want them to. It can make a massive difference. Um, so I would try, and, ex yeah, finding, pick a brand that you can afford at the start. So don't just go like, well, I need the elixirs. I need to spend the most. Um, oh, yeah. Get one that's affordable for you experiment within that see what works the best in that and then go from there that's how i would kind of traverse that um and it's an expensive game and it'll take a long time to, to find mm. the right ones i think if you're really experimenting or want to go through that um sometimes you might just be like yep these work for me this is fine i, you, I don't think about yeah. it that much um so yeah. i mean you've got you've got all your life to figure it out and um I think so many players as well are trying to like chase down the perfect tone. You know, this is perfect. Yeah. And it's like, well, perfect for what? Though? Yeah. I, because it's like, honestly. I, you know, I have like a, a X7 crossover compressed the low end sound in my quad cortex. But if I did that at the, you know, the whole, the, the, the posh corporate gigs I do, that would be like b bad move. Very, very, very bad move. Like that's, that's B15 all the way, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. It's that kind of tone or a SVT with a tiny, tiny bit of drive. But then it's the same with strings. Like you, as you were just saying, they make such a huge difference. You know, the strings, the pickups. I mean, and then if you want to go into even more detail, you know, where you play on the bass, make pick, no pick. Yeah. Where's your thumb? Is your thumb on the bridge pickup or the net pickup? You know, that's yeah, huge. Your playing style. And also like, of it. yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, Sometimes people think the tone is crap, and it's like, no, you probably should just change your strings. You know, what you're after deserves newer strings. Mm, 100%. But you should experiment. I mean, I mean, how many brands would you say, you know, you would probably need to go for? Let's pretend it's nickel, 45 to 105. You've got Ernie Ball, Diodario, um, Rotosound. Um, They're your big hitters. Who, who is it? Yeah, you know. those are your big ones. And then who is it who do the boomers, the bass boomers? Is that G? Oh, G something? yeah. Ah, what's his it's name? GHS. That's, uh, hang on. Yeah, D D DHS. That's all <laughs> you can believe in. Um, it's always a sale. D D yeah, DHL, the uh, delivery company. That's DUP. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, um, B&M, I think it is. Yeah, B&M. Uh, it's Wilco brand. Uh, they're super <laughs> brights. Oh, yeah, you've got Dunlop Oh, it, it, well. it is there GHS. 
GHS. Is it G? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, you got them. You got Dunlop. Um, yes, of course, Dunlop. There's those Detroit ones uh, that I've seen oh, advertised what the, on the what base the, center. What are the drop ones with the spider on them? DR strings. DR strings. Yeah, those. Yeah, because you can get black ones. Yeah. Oh no. 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 Right, whatever no, you, you, you're experimenting with these strings, stay away from the coloured ones. All right? No. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. No. People, yeah, stop it. You're a grown up. <laughs> I've probably just, I've probably just really annoyed a lot of people. Yeah, someone there. sat there with their green stringed bass, like, hey, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, I went to see Black Label Society at Download last year, and their uh, this year, sorry, and their bass player had green strings. He was playing a Spectre, which had like green pickups and green strings, and it looked great. I'd still laugh at him though. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, I, that's fair enough, but yeah, like, no, come on now. Um, Did we have to do this? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I haven't tried a lot of those brands, to be honest. Um, Me neither. And I don't know if I intend on. I'm. I'm kind of toying with uh, picking up some what are they call pitbull strings uh, brand of ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to try and look at some smaller companies to see what they're offering because mm. I haven't really dabbled in it so much. I got some base center ones recently uh, on my Schecter, um, and they're they're pretty good. You know, I I feel like they're they're like you said they like they 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 died, but then actually when they're dead, they still sound good. Like it's a good sound. Yeah. Um, but they did they died quite quickly for me on on one. It was quite a sweaty gig on a hot day, so. I might not judge oh, it it's the worst isn't it it's the worst when you you put your new strings on or, or kind of like you've done some rehearsals they've broken in a tiny bit yeah. you do one gig and you're like i tell you what guys bass tone i've cracked it you know <laughs> bass tone completed it mate yeah. and you um you open them up the day after i mean it's probably i mean realistically it's probably our own daft fault because we didn't wipe it down because we we're having such a good time mm. being cool um hard work but yeah then you come back the day after and you're like wow this 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 is awful like this sounds so bad yeah and 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 that's the thing i think one thing you gotta remember and i like you said earlier about always chasing that tone getting that tone yeah um i'm constantly doing that and i will constantly always i will always be doing that for the rest of my life as my as taste change then also sometimes you just yes sometimes you just sound bad like i'll have it exactly the same gear and i'll come in play one day and be like this sounds awful I don't like the sound of any of this, um, and you're just in yeah, the you are right probably mindset. just having an off day. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and and that's yeah. fine. And I'll come in the next day and be like, actually, I really dig this. This sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I I literally had that today, so I was just rehearsing for an upcoming gig, and yesterday what I was playing through was just the um, just the neural DSP dark glass plugin, you know, on on mm. Logic with a preset that I have saved. It's the same every time. It's just because I know for a fact when I'm practicing, I need to be practicing. You know, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be dialing in a sound because ultimately it's a sound just for me and it's irrelevant. I need to just, I need to just play now. Yeah. You know, there's playing and there's tone chasing. Learn the difference and stick to it because otherwise you will lose hours of the day comparing compression ratios Big and stuff time. like that. Sometimes um, I'll purposely just plug straight in and just di it and just see and be like oh yeah this sounds kind of kind of fun you know or just see where i go oh, yeah from i'm there. a purist yeah, <laughs> yeah good. if it's good enough for james jameson it's good enough for me exactly um we're the same right but yeah i did that of course yeah yeah absolutely 
But yeah, I saved it as the preset. I was like, yeah, this is great. Came back today and I was like, wow, this sounds awful. I was like, did it sound like this yesterday? And it must it must have. It was the same bass. You know, I haven't changed the gain input on the audio interface. You know, same headphones, yeah. same laptop. It's the same everything. The only difference was I'm one day older <laughs> and one day stupider. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound good. And tomorrow I'll probably pick it up and go, this is the greatest bass tone I've uh, ever heard in my life. Yeah. Geddy who? <laughs> Geddy me. <laughs> Yeah, get yeah, Geddy Lee, Geddy me. <laughs> um, I think that also, like I kind of said a bit earlier, your taste always changes as well. So like that dark glass sound, it sounds phenomenal. I don't always want it though. I don't always want that like high yeah. gain stuff. Um, yeah. Also, uh, within a mix as well, you know, like when you're practicing alongside, you're there like this is cutting through. It sounds great. Solo yourself, and you're like, oh, this doesn't sound that good. <clears throat> Um, I find I get that yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. And yeah. you need to think about what, what your role really is. Because a lot of the times in songs, if you're hearing like a bass bit and you're going, oh, that sounds really good. Often that bass bit won't be the same consistent tone throughout that entire song because they've chosen no. this tone for this section that yeah. that's mixed totally differently to fit there. And there's like when the everything else kicks back in properly, it's mixed differently. So always bear that in mind as well when you're, when you're tone Very chasing true. because yeah. you might go oh, i want that tone but then actually when everything else is there it doesn't sound right um so yeah that's something it's also the worst it's also the worst when you do it the other way around you know when you like fine-tune a sound that you're like oh it's the greatest bass tone i've ever heard in my life you know this is incredible and then you get to the gig and it's like where did it go yeah like there's no low end um there's no mid-range yeah i can't hear anything it was too bright at home so the sound guys turned you down yeah. sorry that because that's that's the most that's a great piece of advice like if your bass tone is not right the front of house guy the sound guy he's not gonna fix it he's gonna turn you down and he'll never turn you back up again that is great advice i'm writing that down in my head you should do i learned it the, the hard way <laughs> several times by coming in with like this super scooped like mid-range is your friend yeah. not too much not too much just enough but um yeah scooping all the mids boosting the treble you know that like kind of like sans amp style tone but on steroids mm. sounds amazing at home obviously then you get to a gig and it's it's just you just disappear yeah. you're not there anymore yeah you just woof woof and crisp mm. when actually you want to be punch and and some honk a little bit of honk uh-huh Excuse me, can I turn out the bass? <laughs> Perfect. Can I get, get a bit more? <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay, let's move on to the next segment. This segment is my favourite. It's called The Tone You Own. Um, and I'm very excited about this certain That Tone You Own. Um, because, and we kind of alluded to it a bit earlier, uh, it sounds incredible because it's uh, a track uh, from a reel that you did, Chris, isn't it? Um, on one of my favourite songs by probably my favourite favorite band, which is Paramore and their song Decode. Famously from the Twilight soundtrack, you know, no, uh, Absolutely. no shame there. Um, do you know, side note, um, do you know 
that that soundtrack is the only place where their other song um, I Caught Myself appears on. Um, it was I think it was done for that for that soundtrack, and it's my favorite one of my favorite all time songs. And I've never heard it. Oh, you've so got to go and listen go to looking. I Caught Myself by Paramore. Bloody hell! Mm. Um, and it's just, it's like a really um, deep cut from that band because yeah. it's not like a big single it's like played in the background no. in the film when they're in like a shop or something um and they played it live when i went to see them in bristol um and they did like a slightly smaller gig this is only like a couple of years ago uh after the latest album had come out <laughs> and yeah they, they played that and i could not believe my ears i was like i never ever thought that they would play <laughs> this live what the hell um so yeah anyway Go and listen to that. That's a bit of homework. Um, but Decode, great song, great bass line, super underrated. Um, and I was when I heard that you were going to be doing this, I was like, oh, yes, I can't wait for this. So <laughs> let's have a listen uh, to that, that sweet, sweet Stingray in action now. <gasps> Spoilers. That has got some some clarity. I, I said spoiler because yeah, that's a stingray, all right. You can tell that from the get go. So, uh, Chris, how did you go about achieving this tone? Well, um, it's not a complicated sound to start off with. I I really I mean I put on a, someone asked me on TikTok like oh how did you get that sound and um, I filmed a really quick video on my phone just kind of going through the signal chain you know, from DI through to finished article. And the whole thing's only like three things. Um, the problem is it's three really good things. Mm -hmm. So um, the first thing is the bass. Obviously, that's a music man. You know, uh, I think for me, music man is one of the big three for bass tones. It's it's a, it's a stingray, a jazz bass, and a P bass. And I do think you can get close to what I did with all three of those. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to sound quite as uh, quite as bang on as a sting as like a stingray through that kind of sound so stingray um with the bass and the treble boosted a little bit on the bass itself strings are relatively new um then it goes straight through just my little focus right sapphire um interface into logic and then almost all of the heavy lifting the main sound is the it's the dark glass ultra plugin by neural dsp um and i think if i remember correctly it's the stock preset. So you turn it on, and that's the first preset you right. get. 
and the this the same one and the only thing i did was i turned the blend down a little bit so you're getting a bit more of the the base not the distortion because the default one is it, it's fully baked in the blends on 100 uh, percent, and it sounds great but it's all the way up and i think i turned it down to about three o'clock so uh yeah about three o'clock 75 percent kind of thing just to get some clean bass through there and then i turned the drive down because the drive's quite high obviously because it's the stock preset you know preset one they're like here's clank. full dark glass go. <clears throat> like yeah it's like um pimp my ride you know like hey dog i heard you like dark glass <laughs> it's like, so that's on board <laughs> your entire um, car's filled with it oh great Thank yeah it's you. just it's just b7k's and that's it um you can't even get in the oh. seat like the 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 seat is the like the switch and everything. Go on, um, go on. Pimp My Ride is back. Shut up. Yeah, UK version. Who's hosting it? Um, I th- it's a female. Stephen Mullard. <laughs> Someone, somebody else who's going to get cancelled probably. No, um, it's yeah, because it was Tim Westwood, wasn't Ooh. it? And, and am I right in saying do we not talk about we Tim don't Westwood talk about... Is it something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, oh dear. I think he's should be should be going to prison or something. Um, old, old, oh dear! Old oh, okay, right. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's back, baby. Um, female yeah. host. Uh, I think it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Ooh, on YouTube okay. or not or what. But it's like sponsored sponsored by eBay or something. Um, so yeah, buzzing for that. Interesting. Okay, I'll be looking at that. I used to love that show as a kid. American one a bit more though, but I always thought it was really funny how you know this would be like a single mum of three. <laughs> Who clearly just needs boot space? A car. Just give me some boot space. And it's like it's like we've put a we've put a fucking ice cream machine in the back of the car. The kids are gonna love this. And then this. also, have you have you heard about most of the people who win that show who get get on the show end up having to just sell the car because they can't afford to insure it? Yeah, crazy. Because the car all of a sudden is worth like two hundred grand. Yeah, and it's like. Well, it's three thousand pounds a month to insure it. I can't afford it, so they just sell it to like a and it enthusiast. Costs an absolute bomb in fuel as well, because now all the added weight that you've got on there. Yeah, because it weighs like six tons. Oh, we, it's that's okay, because we put a V eight engine in there. Oh, great, thanks. Yeah, we put a V we put a V eight in your Nissan Micra. <laughs> brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Um, yes. So it's the stock preset. Um, the cab sim is on as well, so it's so it's kind of like your standard clacky bass tone and then i think what makes it in my opinion is the next channel is it, so it goes eq then compression at the end the eq is super minimal so it's the stock logic compressor with a high pass and a low pass so the high pass is on 60 hertz so it's only letting anything in above um 60 hertz mm-hmm. which seems counterintuitive but you know, below that, it's just rumble. You know, you don't need it, especially if you're listening. Like, let's be honest, you're listening to this on a phone. Yeah. Like, I mixed it on a pair of headphones, but it's being listened to on a phone. So the low end's not that important. And live anyway as well. You tend to cut that out as well because it's just mud. And then same on the opposite side, there's a filter cutting everything off at six six k to 6,000 hertz. Um, just because with the dark glass stuff on that plugin, anything above that is just like hiss. It's it's like amp noise. It's the sound of my fingers moving across the strings. His horrors. Um, his horrors. Exactly. It's just not needed. You just don't need it. So that's cut out. Um, and when you cut them out and listen to it soloed, you go, oh wow, I've like I feel like I've lost loads. And then you unsolo it in the track, mm. 
And it's just, it's like, you know, I'm sat above the kick drum. I'm underneath the cymbals. It just sounds good. Yeah. Comes, and then finally. Comes back to what we were saying earlier about like. Exactly. Between mix and solos. <laughs> Absolutely. And then also though, I did just, I did just pull up logic and have a quick look. It is a very bright bass tone. So there is a bit of a dip at 3K because that's kind of, um, 3K is just never nice on anything really. So it kind of just dips that a little bit. Uh, and then finally, it's just one of the stock logic compressors. I think it's the Studio FET compressor. It's doing like four to one. Classic. Three dB of reduction. I don't. I I own two plugins. I I only own two plugins, as in bought um, the Dark Glass Ultra plugin and Get Good Drums, <laughs> the modern and massive yeah, that's one. What, that's what I got as well. The original one. That's all I've got. I don't own. I don't own any of the nice fab filter stuff. I don't have any of the the sound. Uh, is it Sound Toys Sound Box? Um, I don't own any of that stuff. You know, there's no reason. You know, it's great. You know, if if you if you own it, great. It's obviously great stuff. It's a great product made by a great company. But um, I, you know, I don't do audio engineering in a studio environment for people. I do it live. You know, I do front of house a lot. I do monitors and stuff like that. But I only need mixing capabilities to track stuff to send to someone else to mix, to practice at home or film content for social media yeah. so i just I, mean, I don't know what you're like johnny but i just don't need it so i just i just haven't bought no it. i i used to have a couple of quite a few plugins um and all my guitar tones used to just be plugins um now i run it yeah it's yeah. all externally done with the line six hx stock yeah so i don't really since getting that i tend not to plug <laughs> like um bung up my laptop with you know with with plugins because i found that sometimes it can really slow down logic um yeah of course up a little bit so i tend to try and keep as much externally as possible so the mm. hx ump's doing most of the heavy lifting for me yeah in that regard which i quite like because that means that it's kind of freed up um fair enough I can adjust but, um, it over here what's adjusting over here you know so yeah and you're kind of teaching yourself to commit to something as well like um like i record a lot with the quad cortex and despite the fact that the quad cortex is an audio interface as well you, know, you can reamp through it, which is great. I tend to just use it almost as if that's my rig. Yeah. And then I take two XLRs into my focus right, which only has two inputs anyway. It's just the it's the old Scarlet. Like it's it's you know, it's not um, Same here. it's not the fancy pants one that has some other features. It's just got some basic gain and phantom power and that's it. Um and it, and I kind of like I'll I'll find the tone for the song and then I'll go right that's the tone you know that's what you're going to give me as a as the engineer on this instagram reel um which sounds insane to say out loud um and then you learn to fix it from there you know with eq moves and compression and stuff like that and i just think that's a uh i just think that's a really good a really good method of um workflow you know you kind of have committed to the sound off we go like you're doing but with this one in particular, I, I was using the plugin because what I will say is this song is really hard. Like you don't think it is, but I I I challenge anyone um, to do in time eighth notes, pick our fingers. I'll leave it up to you at one hundred and sixty four BPM for about thirty bars. Yeah, just going and just doing that on loop like i've comped i'm not i'm not ashamed to admit it i have comped this performance to get it right 
um, because I think it took me about thirty takes like, or something like that ah! to get it to get it. each each take you get more and more sat- worn out. <laughs> yeah, I was getting worse absolutely, and then I think I ended up only comping stuff out of the first five. But then, um, as you'll see on the video. Um, in the pre-chorus, I go on to like using fingers because not because I think it's better for the sound song. I just thought, nah, you know, I'm going to put the pick down, and then I did the pick, did it with, um, did it with my fingers instead. And there's not a huge tonal difference either. I think if anything, um, so just the verse had a bit more of like a click, you know, a, like a pick attack to it, which kind of works because in the context of the song, mm. you're kind of competing with heavy panned multiple track palm muted yeah. it, guitars it's, and it's then once it moves more, to that pick in my hand and that's more like a exactly. precision a precise sound that you need and almost yeah, you, that's it's where a precision uh, based sound. that's where you're poking through a little bit more in those sections as well yeah. often in the verses as compared to the chorus where you're not the thing that needs to be heard the biggest well you just need to be it just needs to be fat in the chorus yeah. and i think with the when i when i moved over to the fingers I, I can't explain it. It like it just seems to sound a little bit bigger. Yep. I think it's because you lose a bit of mid range from the pick going to the fingers. But yeah, I did that, and then that that's the whole tone. It's really simple. You know, anyone who owns the plugin can recreate that. Anyone who owns any of the B seven K Ultra model, you can just do that. Like I'll, if you really want to, I'll send you a picture of the plugins. So you can nick the settings, but it's very simple. I think there's like a cut in the low mids so that's like 250 mm. i think there's a cut at 250 there's a boost at 3k despite the fact that i'm cutting at 3k later i'm boosting at 3k when tracking yeah. um because i think it's quite a wide boost okay whereas when i'm mixing it it's a really narrow cut you're but it's take, a big cut taking like out sick... the the bad stuff the hissing i'm yeah i'm 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 enjoying the increase in treble that the pedal gives me or the plugin but I want to get rid of just that one specific frequency, which is just really harsh. Around about 3K. I think it's 2.8K to be specific. But that's kind of a given with anything distorted. 2.8 to 3K just sounds like crap. And it hurts your ear. So when you cut that, you, it just sounds better. It fits better. It sounds bigger. It's more appealing to the ear. But um, yeah, that's it. Nice and simple. Beautiful. Well... It sounds incredible to me, young man, and I am a big fan. Um, so much so that I'm gonna yeet us on to the next topic. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That's a amazing insight. Um, now we're on to the big bass debate. Um, now the big bass debate this week. Um. Uh, it's, it's something that we we were talking about on Instagram um, previously. This, this isn't one that's come from anyone at home because you all fucking suck. No, that's not true. Um, you're the <laughs> best. Sorry. Um, this uh, it's just something that we were talking about previously because we're kind of both going through a bit of a journey at the minute, I think. Um, and various elements are kind of play into this uh, from various experiences. So the big base debate for this week is when it comes to gear. Is it less is more, or do you need loads of things in your signal chain to make you sound good? So is less more when it comes to gear? Um, so Chris, why don't you start us off by kind of talking about where you are at at the minute in terms of this? 
so I've always been a more is more guy, always. Like, all, like as I, get, I mean, I come from the land of, I come from the land down under. No, I come from, um, I'm a guitar player first, then a bass player. Over the last, let's say, like four of, I know, over the last, I'm so sorry, over the last sort of like four or five years, I've become more and more bass and then now just bass pretty much. Um, but as a guitarist, I was really heavily influenced by players who used effects a lot like you know um matt bellamy from muse um, the edge um red chili peppers john fruit salad um all the you know all those kind of players who really brought a lot of layers and a lot of texture um you know, i loved chorus on a clean channel you know you know various stages of overdrive wah delay yeah. and all that and then as I moved over to bass, you know, I took a, brought a lot of that with me. So, you know, I was I was adding, you know, um, octave and bass effects sometimes, you know, certainly different levels of distortion for different things. Um, lots of wah, because uh, I've always liked wah. Being a big Metallica fan, I've always liked wah on guitar and bass, unfortunately. Um, but over the last sort of, I would say, six months, so quite a short amount of time basically as i've gone from gigging you know once a month once every three months you know certainly not a lot of time to gigging anywhere from two to six nights a week or two to six times a week i'm using effects less and less and less for i think a couple of different reasons i think the first one might be a, a general maturing as a player you know, maybe understanding, like, you know, learning that, staying out of people's way, or, you know, being, you know, I I think of bass as best supporting actor, you know, you know, I'm Tom Hardy in this band. I'm not Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm Tom Hardy, which I'm fine with. But sure um, most people would prefer that, actually. I'm sure most people would be, exactly. We are the same height, fun fact. Oh. Um, no one really cares, it's fine. Uh, but, um... It might be that, like a general maturing of a player, you know, realizing, you know, you know, maybe I don't need to put on an overdrive and then a distortion and then a fuzz for the bridge and then a chorus for the next song and, and, and things like that. Um, so that's one thing. I think when you use less effects overall, when you use an effect, it's way more noticeable. So um, I do like a blues night every week and... I actually don't, most of the time, I don't bring anything to the gig except my bass <laughs> and a tuner. Nothing. And then, uh, nothing, completely naked. And then I go into the house amp, which is like a, a big Fender rumble, um, which is a really good amp anyway. So, and then I don't even go into the PA. You know, it's a small room and we just crank the amp and it fills the room nicely. Um, I don't use any effects all night. And I'm on for like three hours. So it's not really a... <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not really like an effects gig, you yeah. know. But sometimes I will bring the quad cortex, but but it'll be sat on top of the amp, and I'm just using it really as a noise gate, a bit of compression, and a tuner. But we do one. There's one song where we we do we do a cover of Cocaine by Eric Clapton, and um, I put the I put a vintage microtubes on just for that song. You don't. This is not a common thing as a bass player. Everyone looks at you and goes like, "What is that?" And it's like you know, because because you've been 
a clean, pristine, consistent sound for the last hour and 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, it's like, the bass is here. And it's like punching straight through the mix. Yeah. Um, still in a tasteful way, though. It's still, you know, still best supporting actor. But it's kind of like, a, hey, this is the scene where I stand out for a little bit. Um, so I think it's those two things. And then the last one, um, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not a novelty anymore. You know, you know when you're, you know when you're playing for, you know when you're on stage, maybe somewhere between ten and fifteen hours a week. You know, on stage playing, um, across a wide variety of shows, you kind of get a bit bored of, you kind of get a bit bored of turning drive pedals on and off, or turning chorus on and off, or reverb on and off, um, because it's only really for me. You know, like kind of. A lot of like like weddings or cabaret or show tunes, I need to be a consistent, solid tone for yeah. everything else to modulate above me. And if I'm sat there putting like you know vintage Marga tubes, E7K, Sanzam, chorus, phaser, delay, octave, wah, um, all these things, you know, I'm kind of messing with the bedrock of the song. And finally, because I thought of something else, um, I'm sight reading a lot for a lot of gigs. Like I know you've had Million in the past who kind of who will do a similar thing where there's a lot of sight reading there's a lot of looking at charts um i it's in those kind of environments it's a really bad idea to look away you know because if you lose where you are on the sheet music you could be in really big trouble like really big trouble especially for that kind of music it's all stop starty there's lots of rests you know sometimes you know sometimes i'm resting for 60 bars but I need to be sat there going one, two, three, four, two, yeah. two, three, four. And if I'm looking down to go, ooh, should I use preset B or preset C? Or should I change pickups for this one? Or should I put the pick on, get the pick out or anything like that? It's like, oh, crap. I don't know where I am. I've yeah. lost my counting. Uh, yeah. um, we're in trouble now. Yeah. So I think it's those kind of, I think it's those kind of things is the reason why I've gone severely less mm. effect driven like right now um most of the time i'm using just um a bit of compression amp sim there is a drive pedal most of the time i'm not turning it on and i do have a chorus in the preset um but it, if it's on it's on for the first verse of one song or so a bridge funny. of one song yeah and that's it but what about you? That, that's so funny because that's so similar mm. to me in many ways where I, I'm always thinking, ooh, oh, I quite like flangers at the minute. Oh, can we use a flanger? And I'll, and I'll, and yeah, I'll yeah. try and work a flanger into bit gear just because I like flangers at the time. I'm like, this isn't actually functional at all. I'm just trying to, to get this yeah. for the sake of it. Um, and so for me, it's I just like having always on gear that I then mm. just leave. You know, a lot of the time, and I'm just want to master that bit, and then just not have to touch any of it, because um, I like having that consistent tone that is the same the whole way through. Um, that being said, I do like having other bits as well. So for me, it's a light bit of compression, um, a preamp pedal, uh, and maybe an overdrive to go with it, and a chorus. Those are my main things at the minute. I don't have a chorus, which I'm missing. Um, do you not use the chorus in the HX Stomp? I don't use the HX Stomp live. The- Really? Yeah, it's not on my board at all. I did not know this. Yeah, it's on my it's here on my desk. Plumbed in. So you just so you're just using it for 
it's my at home youtube stuff yeah and... it's for my like amp sim and just guitar stuff and i just it's I, di I did a video on it about a year ago saying like oh one year on how i use it now and i just found when i was using it on my pedal board i just wasn't enjoying it or like enjoying the digital nature of it and having to uh deal with parameters like that i i just found i was getting really put off and was like oh i hate this um so i just took it off and sit and look back really just mm. been gone back to physical pedals for my board um and just tweaking here and there um i might i have been thinking about putting it back on to give it another go uh but yeah i just haven't really haven't really gone to it um for me the question about is less is more i think a good way to experiment with this is i kind of mentioned earlier about just going in on the di and seeing how you get on with that because i find that sometimes i'll play and if i plug just plug in my full setup my normally all my pedals how i have it i'd be like oh yeah this this sounds okay right do some tweaking and then get a bit carried away with it all sometimes the more important thing is the playing so if i go yeah. if i go straight in and just start playing i'll get used to that sound and enjoy it so that then when i add something in it it gives me something rather than just being like right i'm going to pile all these things in on top and then take things out or, or and that sounds worse and oh i don't know whereas if you just kind of strip things back down to basics um you can kind of get a better idea of how you are sounding as a player rather than it being so masked and that brings me on to my second point of what tone are you actually trying to get from this because let's say you've got a p bass um and this is it's been quite a dark glass heavy episode um but some of the things i don't like about dark glass sometimes is how it just goes here's the dark glass sound whatever bass you've got don't care here's here it is you know and you're like well it's um it's it's pimp my ride exactly and you're like oh it's like, hey dog i heard you like dark glass yeah you're like oh i don't i don't want to be a dingwall this is a p bass you know kind of thing uh and <laughs> no you are right you are right to be fair you are very right and, and sometimes and, um... that's why i quite like the vintage microtubes because it is the more like transparent sounding of it i think or like the less uh modern sounding so it kind of suits those bases um and i like a simple classic kind of bass um yeah absolutely it's it's also like um in the guitar world emg used to get a bad rap mm. for a very very long time and they may still do a little bit now but it used to be it doesn't matter what guitar it is you buy some emgs and you'll be um instant like trivium machine heads yeah. metallica no. and it's kind of true like i, I had a less paul i had a epiphone less paul that i bought emgs for and it it's i still play it every now and again it sounds amazing that's, but that's moved it now. is a specific sound. let's move to seymour duncan invaders uh and um <laughs> uh bare knuckles <laughs> it's like church yeah well, uh, bare knuckles bare knuckles are really good to be fair yeah, yeah. then again seymour duncan are really good like i've got um i mean i've got seymour duncan pickups in my in my godan um I have another Epiphone Les Paul with a JB in it, which is kind of like the like the high output passive pickup that they do, which is very like Billy Joe Armstrong used one, mm. Slash used one. Really like really good pickup. Um oh it's called the Jeff Beck. I've just realized why it's called that. Yeah. My bad. Um but yeah, EMG used to be like kind of insta instant metal core. Yeah. Like as soon as you as soon as you put those in. And I think Dark Glass is like that as well. Like it's a good tone, but I, for me, one of the great things about bass is just how different some of the instruments sound. I mean, 
you know, I said this guitars are exactly the same, like a Strat, a Les Paul, and a Tele, and maybe an SG. All sound completely different. But if you take like my Stingray that we've just listened to, and then my Godan, which is a PJ with really old strings on it, passive as well, to through through the same rig, they normally sound completely different. But if I run any of my presets that have got heavy B7K distortion pedals on it, or um, to an extent my amp, maybe. Mm. Actually, no, I do take it back. The amp is very good. The amp, the AO900 that I've got is a very good platform for um, different basses because I think it provides such an honest, full Clean band of tone. Yeah. yeah, it just gives you... A, it's not automatically scooping at certain frequencies to give a specific tone. It kind of goes what are you plugging into me? And then go, oh, it's a P bass. Oh, I know you want loads of mid-range, so we're just gonna, I'm going to leave that there for you. And it, it lets you tweak you know, to your um, sensibilities. Yeah. yeah it's co- or needs, even. Yeah, it's, and I always want that kind of transparent sound that lets you know what guitar it is underneath, because that's ultimately the sound that yeah. you want if you're playing that kind of... Well, that's guitar. what you're going for, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you've, you, what's the point of owning... You know, five different bases. If every gig it all sounds exactly yeah, the same, you may as well just own one. I feel like sometimes that can get lost when you're piling in loads and loads and loads of pedals and EQ, preamp after preamp after preamp. <laughs> you know, like so I've seen some yeah. people and they've got like a dark glass uh, B7K with a Sans amp with uh, something else, and then the amp as well. And you're like, what are you actually? And the bass is active. Yeah, and you're like, what are you actually listening to anymore? When I, if I'm there yeah. thinking, mm, I want a bit less treble. I've got like three treble controls here. What do I do? You know, yeah, where are you going to take it from? You start getting lost in that. And I think that you can start when you start getting lost down that route and you're so deep within it, you can then, uh, you know, you start spiraling a little bit. And I do that all the time. Like we said, sometimes you just approach it and you go, oh, this sounds bad. And you think, oh, this all sounds bad. Hate all of this. But if you just strip it back, you can kind of nail down on what sounds bad or like what is really working or i think you can just get a better idea for what is working for you and what is and what you or where you might need something else you know yeah um if you've got less and i'm totally on board with you as well when you say like i just can't be bothered anymore because i just i have found myself going i just want a really simple rig now that is just like reliable and just is my sound there it is done kind of thing um isn't too absolutely like i um I don't think they do it anymore, but I wouldn't mind. Would have liked to have owned one of the dark glass compressors. I think it's the Supersymmetry or the other one, the um, Hyperluminal one. Hyperlum, that one. Um, but also the, you know, the 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 Origin Effects compressor. You know, that's great. Everyone's got one of those. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. You know, if I had a small board, maybe like that. Um, I probably would have a B seven K. You know, like an Ultra. You know, one that's got all the EQ controls mm-hmm. and on and off. And then probably just go into like a good amp or a cab sim. Yeah. And off we go. Like that would be nice too. But I, I also like the fact that like, you know, obviously using a quad cortex live, I can I can have whatever I want. Like any sound I can you know, I can have with a few clicks of switches I can have a you know, a vintage style B fifteen Ampeg tone, you know, like a James Jameson kind of thing. Or I can go super modern, Galleon Kruger, no mids, 
super bright. You know, I can go from that, or I can click another switch, and I can have like, you know, re- like a multi-band compressed synth tone with an octave, and you know, very quickly. So I like having all that there. The challenge for me, and I think where the learning comes in, is going cool. I'm going to use five percent of that tonight. Yeah. Or this is a really great piece of kit. I'm going to put it by the drummer today, <laughs> and I'm just going to and I'm going to I'm going to put it ten meters away from me, and I'm going to have a tuner in front of me, and that's it. And I think you learn more then because you mentioned briefly about you're not hiding mistakes behind effects because it's very easy to sound good with a fuzz pedal on because everything sounds like whoa this is well cool (laughs) but then you then you do the same run with your fingers with the clean di and you go oh i missed half of those notes and that one was just the wrong note as well so this isn't great that was incredibly buzzy on that one and you just it's just hidden under yeah exactly yeah i I think there are and that you know this is coming from two guys that love gear um and and oh yeah obsessed with it you know um always after the next thing or just always looking at new things um and i just i just as i've gotten older i just realized (laughs) that actually i kind of don't need all of this tone shaping to get what i want especially when so much comes from the player as well you know yeah um i think if you are over reliant on having all of this gear to give you your your sound i don't know uh, unless your sound is effects heavy you know i'm not bashing that i just think that as a player you need to find how your playing impacts that sound as well so maybe strip um, strip yeah. it back first yeah and the opposite you know the opposite still applies like you know we're not saying we don't like effects anymore like you know you know like if I'm just thinking about like my five favorite bass players, like my five favorite ones, you know, one of them is is Justin Chancellor from Tool, which is like pedals a clock, yeah. you know, like you know multiple effects, you know multiple lines, you know, really like people like Chris from Muse, you know, Ian Allison, you know, from Scott's Bass Lessons. He's a really effects heavy player, but I think he has the discipline. To like you know because he's very you know he's maybe not famous but very well known on the internet for a, you know essentially a great deal of influence when it comes to like the the trend now of octave down fuzz tones chorus modulations and and yeah of course he's not reinventing the wheel he hasn't invented this he's kind of like followed it's almost like a trend has come around with him or people like Josh Paul who does um, bass freaks the Dunlop bass pro, bass yeah. podcast. Um, who's been daughtry and he's a session guy as well he's a very effects heavy player like lots of wow lots of fuzz like a lot of fuzz but i know a hundred percent if you sat those two guys in a room and it wasn't appropriate for that fuzz tone and it was like now you know we need a clean just lay the groove down keep it consistent no effects if it was the right call they would both go yeah you're right and they would just play you know, a non-effect heavy tone. Yeah. But you can't, you know, you can't do a Muse gig without 600 fuzz pedals. It just won't work. So, <laughs> or Royal Blood. Like if someone came up to Mike Kerr and went, we're just going to do this. Uh, just going to do the just DI, I through think. a Sans amp today, mate. And that's it. You know, we've got all these super clean Avalon DIs. Like, um, hmm. And that's it. You know, crack on. That's Aguilar amp for you, it. Mike, I think, today. 
Exactly. Yes. Less is more for you, my friend. He's like, oh, yeah. This is an exercise in discipline, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to go. It sounds terrible, wouldn't it? Could you imagine? Avalon and a Line 6 Spider. There you go. Ooh, hey, I used to have one of those. I, I, I kind of wish I still had it just to like plug it in for some some shits and giggles. Put the insane setting on. Yeah. Play Crazy Train. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine buying ping that. I'd love to hear that, to be fair. It could, 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 could. Oh yeah, blending that with a clean DI yeah. could have some. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the big famous like you know your genty metal tones. That's like a, that's a crossover with compression, and then the top end, the distortion is like a PV fifty one fifty, or an EVH fifty one fifty, or some sort of Mesa dual rectifier. Like it's an amp. They're running it into an amp. It's like um, Tim Comerford does that. Geddy Lee did that for a long time until the lovely people at Sansamp just made him something that does it for yeah. him. You know, it's the same. And then I'm pretty sure, again, Justin Justin Chancellor from Tool does that. Or, no, you know what, I am sorry. So he runs three different amps at the same time. Um, but the last one is just got a rat in front of it. So it with a with a line selector. So it's killing all the high the low end anyway. Mm. He's not he's not blending it. The rat is the EQ as well. And then that's just running a super gritty amp, which I think the front of house guy blends them throughout the show, you know, rises them all up and down. Bloody Nora. Which is pretty cool. That is very cool. Well, on that note, go out and buy yourself three amps, everybody. Uh, more, more is more. Okay. More is more. <laughs> Welcome back to Top Gear. <laughs> Pit my rides, you mean? Pit my ride. Power. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Um, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think we answered that pretty well. Um, I, I, it wasn't really a debate, was no, it? No, it never is. <laughs> never is. It just... We've di- we, me and you, uh, yeah, me and you for this episode have disagreed on nothing. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I didn't need to be here, and you'll never, <laughs> and you'll never be back again because it's just like, yeah, yeah, same, oh. same. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, you know what? That is a great idea, Johnny. I'm going to do that too. Nice. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much once again, Chris, for blessing us with your presence <laughs> here. Um, this might be the longest episode yet, and I'm here for it. Okay. Oh, good. I was about I was about to apologise profusely. <laughs> no, don't be for, silly um, for that one. Do not be silly, my friend. Um, but it would be silly if you didn't tell people where where they can find you. So please spend this time now by selling yourself on the internet once more. Where can people find follow you? Well, I do it anyway. So you know, what, why why do it here as well? Uh, yeah, it's just that guy on base. Everywhere, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I don't use Twitter anymore, so don't don't bother following me on that. Um, I have Facebook, but it's just me getting political. Uh, so you put maybe you don't want anything to do with that. That's fine. Um, yeah, that guy on base, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. That is me. Wonderful, nice and easy. Wonderful. All the links, etc., will be in the descriptions of this podcast, or on if you're watching the YouTube version will be on there as well don't you bloody worry about that so go and uh <laughs> check it out uh go and follow chris you will not not regret it for sure um yeah i think that i think that's that's uh that's bloody everything for this episode um let me know in a comment or a dm or anything what you think is is less is more when it comes to gear where are you at right now because it's always changing these things once again everyone thank you so much for listening See you next time.